Jeffrey Allen Murphy. Hi, and I'm Edward McAnulty. And you are now listening to Go On. Yes, Go On, a brand new podcast wherein we explore the line between stories that are fabrications and stories that are true. Your incredibly charming hosts, that's you and me, invite storytellers from all walks of life to share a tale. But are these storytellers good law-abiding citizens? or horrible social terrorists bent on the destruction of justice. Only a proper interrogation and verbal drubbing can say, Join us as we make people regret agreeing to be on the show. 4.8 Uber stars. I thought that we would be good Uber passengers. <laughs> Which is like the only real form of modern currency available is in Uber rate. Yeah, you, you could be rich, but if you have a three-star rating on Uber, you just give up. Yeah, like what's the even point? I honestly, I wonder if Uber drivers have any concept of how much power they have with their Uber rating. They must. I tiptoe around. Whenever I'm in a Lyft or an Uber, like, I am the most conciliatory I've ever been. I'm always in there, like, giving them a neck rub, cooking them some food in the back, just making sure that they're taken care of. Yeah, I, like, ask for permission. Like, is it okay if I crack the window? Please. I suppose I should ask permission before I just start neck rubbing these Uber drivers. <laughs> so what's the uh, topic for today, though? Well, before we do that, we are going to introduce ourselves to you because you don't know who the hell we are. I am Jeffrey Allen Murphy. I am an actor from New York City. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I live up in Washington Heights, New York. It is a place. And famous for the nutcracker drink. Yeah, we learned that in <laughs> trivia recently. I'm an actor. I went to Juilliard. I have been in a few Broadway shows and whatnot. And uh, now we're in the pandemic. So we're making a podcast because that's what one does. And I am Edward McAnulty. I had the good fortune of graduating from college during the Great Recession. Then I joined the Navy. And then I got out in 2018, went to grad school, and then graduated right in time for the pandemic. We are now podcasting, because that's what one does. I just heard a little bit of clanking from my radiator. Hopefully that will not continue. It should be fine. All right, that's the in-house band, my radiator. <laughs> Going to play us in and out of our commercial breaks. The Clanking Radiator? That's a great name for a band. For those of you uh, listening, that is our producer, Gregory Ryan Jr. All right, back to your hole. So, tonight's topic... One of the delights of this show is that because people are coming on telling their stories, they choose the topic. We just show up and be idiots. This week's topic, Ed, do you want to know what this week's topic is? I am desperate to find out what this week's topic is. This week's topic is money laundering. In this century? <laughs> what a way to start off a podcast. Have you ever laundered money, Ed? I've only seen it be laundered, but that's only through like the U.S. government military industrial complex where you spend like $400 for a mouse pad or a track pad. Speaking of the military, this is not about our show. What is the Navy's opinion of Space Force? Everybody kind of considers it a joke. I'm in a program right now where there's like a lot of veterans using the GI Bill and uh, it got brought up and everybody was just sort of laughing about the idea that it's like really being taken seriously. When Star Trek is your logo, it looks like their flag because it was at the inauguration and it was at the, the Super Bowl. And it looks like a fan cosplaying made a flag for like the Starfleet Federation. And it's also just like one of those things where it's not really its own branch yet from what I can tell. 
because a guy with a few friends in the Air Force, and all it was was like a section of the Air Force. They were just like, you are now the Space Force because that was your mission. And they're just like, oh, oh, do, do, oh, do I have okay. to be? Can I not be in the Space Force? Is that an option here? All right, but back to the topic, money laundering. I mean, when I hear money laundering, I think of basically every mafia film ever. I'm sure everybody listening knows what money laundering is, but you have money you got through illicit gains. Uh, you can use uh, a shell business like a laundromat or a bar, and you can pass your money through that business to come in as legally taxed income. It's a way of making your money look legit. I, I personally have no experience money laundering, but I have very little experience with money in general. Yeah, my only experience with money is really just in losing it on the stock market. So <laughs> that's my only experience, is in buying the dip that keeps dipping. Honestly, this is a great start because I don't know shit about money laundering. I'm assuming that this is going to be a story about, it's going to be the plot of Casino. I'm just assuming it's going to be Robert De Niro... I don't know. I haven't seen Casino, so I don't know why I picked a movie's plot that I've never seen. No, I'm assuming it's just going to be a movie plot, and it's going to be, like, a lie. I'm just, I'm calling it right now, listeners, this story is a lie. Well, I mean, it has, I mean, like, is there going to be, like, a Joe Pesci element? Is there going to be, like, some little guy beating people down for money that's owed so that they could launder it? All right, time to introduce our guest. Our guest this week is Greg Ryan! Greg, come on out of your hole! <laughs> oh, why, thank you. Yes, yes. Oh, you're covered in your own filth. What, what are you doing down there? Money laundering. <gasps> Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the listener. I'm assuming it's my mom. Jeffrey's mom. I went to Penn State for stage management, graduated, came to New York, was working in theater off Broadway. Uh, not as good as Jeff being on Broadway, which he talked about like it's no big deal. Yeah, I flex on him all the time. During my off-Broadway stint, I was asked if I wanted to work in the event industry as a production manager. Still using those stage manager skills, but a different area of expertise. And I have been in the event industry ever since, going from just doing a couple of freelance jobs to a full-time job that now does only virtual events because we're not allowed to see people in person. Things I know about Greg, because I he's my friend. We've been friends for several years now. Greg is a huge Disney aficionado. Goes to Disney usually more than once a year. He has the credit card that, like, gets him a night with Mickey Mouse once a year. You know, a night of passion and love. Is that how he launders, though, is through 1990s VH tapes of Disney? Uh, bootleg VHS tapes of Disney films. That's great, because you know that they're all put in the Disney vault forever uh, except when disney plus came out and they're all on there so the only one still in the vault which will forever be in the vault will never see it again this song of the, the, song of the south <laughs> yeah i that uh, one can stay in the vault i think disney plus i don't know if you you know this uh some of the older racier films uh racier in the racist sense <laughs> has dis has disclaimers that kids should not watch them because they're racist yeah also adults yeah. should maybe not watch them what? There's nothing wrong with Jim Crow and Dumbo. The minstrelsy is maybe not ideal. At least they're actually voiced by black actors. Now, this episode's brought to you by Parlor and the Proud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is Greg, a uh, listener you're going to want to keep in mind. We already know the stories about money laundering, so unless he's, like, admitting to fraud, I, I have very little to suspect that this will have to do with our story today. Well, this isn't his real voice, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gregory, you know the concept, because, of course, you are the producer of the show. You are going to tell us a story. We are going to interject and interrupt you. And then after your story's over, we are going to ask you a bunch of questions. And we're going to try and figure out if you're telling the truth or if you are a liar. Terrible, terrible person. Gregory, fire away. About three, four years ago. Liar! (laughs) (laughs) We were hired to do an event at a new hotel in Brooklyn. This event gave us very little information except for one big piece. The performance at the end of the night, would be Snoop Dogg. Okay, I'm listening. I'm getting some serious Fire Island. We start working on the event, and we find out that we have to fulfill Snoop Dogg's full rider. Usually this doesn't occur at a, what we have now learned is a gala event, because for charity, you're going to cut down your your costs to make sure that they're going to raise as much money as possible. We're doing Snoop Dogg's full rider, which means they've most likely paid Snoop Dogg his full amount. Which is very different than doing Snoop Dogg's flow rider. Go on. Snoop Dogg manager has called us. We have put the show together and we're getting ready. What was in the show before uh, before Snoop Dogg? The show before Snoop Dogg at this hotel? Yes. Like, yeah, like who's the opener? Oh, there was no opener. This was a, a one-off only headliner. This was a gala event. What was the gala event for? The gala event, I cannot remember the name of the charity, which is purposeful because of what this was about. The charity had their gala event before Snoop Dogg comes on. This is all told to us about two weeks out after we've been working on getting the Snoop Dogg part of this show together. So the charity that is being fundraised for, we've never heard of. It is just the name of the person running this, which again, I actually spent time yesterday to try to find this man's name. Cannot find it, not on any of our documents. This gentleman has his event. He's got his event company, calls us, tells us what they need. They send us videos, slides, etc. to run during the show. And we're going to manage getting all that in there. Do you have, do you have like an on-staff blunt roller for uh, Mr. Dog? So interestingly enough, We had the question from his manager of what's the policy on weed in the building. Snoop has smoked up in the White House. He's in the White House. We learned that on New Year's Eve. If he can do it there, he can do... If you can smoke weed there, you can smoke it anywhere. Go on. I have to assume that it's basic knowledge that if you hire Snoop, he will be smoking weed. However, obviously, with New York State and the hotel, we cannot say, oh, yes, please smoke your weed away. Uh, At this time, it was decriminalized, but it was still illegal to smoke indoors. I'm shocked. Shocked. Yes, you can smoke weed indoors, just not cigarettes. Go on. So needless to say, we explain that there's a lovely patio right outside for you to smoke on. He proceeds to smoke up inside and hotbox his green room, which is to be expected. It is called the green room. You had a cup. I will say on a little side note, they did not drink any of the booze from their rider. So we had some nice Don Julio 1942, some Patron, all left, seals still on them, and you can't take it back. So at the very least, at the end of the night, we had something to take home with us as a prize. It is a charity event after all. 
We'll just give the Don Julio to the children. Go on. So we come to learn, as the event is running, what they're actually raising money for. And this gentleman is raising money for three separate charities that seem to have been picked at random. One was a hospital, one was children mentoring something to that fashion, and the third one, I cannot remember what it was for. They were all very different, and they seem to have no real reason to be part of this. So this person was raising money, putting it through his 501c3, and giving it to these three other charities. What the hell is that? 501c3 is the uh, paperwork to be a charitable nonprofit that's not taxed. Okay, hypothetical here. If I were to become a 501c3, could I stop paying taxes? Yes, but an individual can't do it, and you have a lot of rules to follow. That's fair. Go on. So he did it through his company or whatever, let's say, shell company he built for this. We are very concerned about this as we are watching the show. We come to the dinner break. We all get on our phones. We start Googling this gentleman. Come to find out he's being indicted by his law firm for possible embezzlement, fraud, etc. And we're looking around the room realizing that this room seems to be filled with People that all know him, which is not usually what you see at a charity event. <laughs> was it filled with like a bunch of people wearing shirts with like black and white uh, horizontal stripes and like maybe masks that made them look like panda bears and maybe like a little sack full of money walking around? There's a different panda story we'll get to after this. <laughs> did you did you kidnap a panda? No, 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 maybe. Did you did you launder a panda? Yes. Or did you dry queen a panda? And we lost our one listener. Sorry, Mom. But yes, pandas only should be bubble bath. Bubble baths, little champagne, some uh, strawberries dipped in chocolate, uh, flower petals out in front of the tub. Folks, I think that what you have just witnessed is Ed and I stopped talking to see how far Jeff would go. With yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I was like, this is not going well, but I'm, I'm not going to stop. This rabbit hole... I'm just over here with a shovel digging my own grave. I'm going to have the deepest grave of all of my friends. It's going to be I'm gonna, the envy of graves. And uh, none of this has been cut for that moment right there. <laughs> God. Go on. As the event is unfolding, we're trying to piece together, well, where is all this money that they're raising going? Besides these charities, this event has cost probably close to a million dollars. It's only a 400-person event. They've paid our company at least 200K. They've paid Snoop Dogg probably close to 200K. And then they had to pay the hotel as well. We can only draw the conclusion that this group is taking in the money through some form of Shell 501c3 tax-exempt company, which, if you know about charities, you do not need to report all of your money in and out it's only about 50 percent that actually needs to be accounted for as being donated back out you can essentially take the other 50 percent and do as you will yeah i i think that i think that we learned that from uh president trump thankfully former president trump that's right we're liberals <laughs> suck it proud boys this is all just a gorilla <laughs> campaign <laughs> surprise bitches <laughs> You know, one thing that, like, you do almost have to appreciate about Donald Tr President Trump is, like, how much we've learned through his, like, through how terrible he is. Yeah, I, I also really resent, speaking of white supremacists yet again, that the Boogaloo Boys have ruined a, a Breaking 2. 
electric boogaloo. Like, that is just not okay. How can you take a fun, fun film about breakdancing and then make it into a Civil War II electric boogaloo? Fuck you, boogaloo boys. Let's cut that too. <laughs> we're saving another Jeff rabbit hole gem. Anyway, so you were saying about the Proud Boys. <laughs> Go on. The night ends with a ton of money raised in the millions with people that all seem to know the gentleman running it. And we then have Snoop Dogg perform, who is an hour late. He comes out there so high that halfway through his set, in between songs, he pauses, looks at the crowd and goes, let's hear it for the bride and groom. Isn't love great? And everyone cheers. <laughs> we just assume that he thinks he is still at a wedding that he did the week beforehand and has just been high ever since. I mean, that does make some logical sense there. And who knows? Maybe those people did just get married. Or just got married to their crime, you know, and they had a little crime baby. Go on. So at the end of the day, while our company received our checks, cashed them, made our money, we firmly believe that we helped run an event that laundered money through a charity organization so that this man could take money out of his name and put it somewhere else while he was getting indicted by his firm for fraud. Yes, but he chose to do this, assuming the story is true. He chose to do it through the powers of Snoop Dogg. And I think that that actually, if Snoop Dogg can become friends with Martha Stewart, uh, he can do anything. Very true, very true. Uh, this is a, you know, old white lawyer that is trying to hide his money. So I, who else but Snoop Dogg to help with that? Are these also the uh, Trump's um, impeachment lawyers as well? Any relation? Well, this was was right at the beginning of the Trump presidency, so I would have to assume that they didn't know that they'd be his impeachment lawyers at the time. They knew. They knew. <laughs> okay, so banter questions. Questions that we have about this story. Just check out the veracity of it. Yeah, some things I think are like kind of funny about it is things that you would have almost never heard of. A new hotel opening in Brooklyn. Who opens up a hotel in Brooklyn? And now it's like, of course, everyone. I will tell you that for my years of unemployment, when I would uh, host trivia, I hosted trivia at a brand new hotel in Brooklyn. And it's, um, they're, they're, the Brooklyn hotels, man, they, they really want to get people in there. Uh, so they'll, no, no, I they'll mean, do like, anything. A trivia night at a hotel is weird. I gotta just say the prize was a night in the hotel, which if you're in the hotel, either you've already booked a night in the hotel or you live in the neighborhood, come and, you know, have a romantic night with your partner. <laughs> Honey, I arranged for us to have a weekend in New York City. We're going to go to this hotel, and we're not going to leave. We're just going to go to trivia in Brooklyn. Uh, an important part that we should have probably put in this is, uh, well, maybe you did. I wasn't listening. But did you <laughs> did you mention that you're a native New Yorker? Oh, uh, no, I didn't, actually. Yeah, and, and did you did you announce your social security number uh, at the very beginning? It is zero. All right, only eight more digits to go. You have to listen in to eight episodes to get them all. <laughs> Got to collect all those digits to the social security number. Okay, story questions. <laughs> so was anybody, like, was anybody a fan of Snoop Dogg? Like, were they all like, this is the greatest Snoop Dogg show we've ever been to? It was a crowd of all white people that were excited that they knew his name. But I don't know if any of them had ever heard a Snoop Dogg song before. That sounds like white people. Yeah, they've only seen him on HGTV with Martha Stewart. 
So, did anybody get a contact high off of the green room? Me. Were you uh, were you able to run the show? Listen, I wasn't back there that long, but yes, in general, if you walked in that room, you would have gotten a contact high. It was just a hot box room. That's all it was. <laughs> I know it's imp- I know it's like it's somehow chemistry or chemically impossible. But imagine if you failed the drug test. Uh, like, listen, I was in a that's room. Not, that's not that's not impossible. That's not impossible at all. You can you can fail a drug test for eating a poppy seed bagel. You can, if you have a poppy seed bagel the day before a drug test, it'll read as though you have heroin in your system. That's a real thing. So, yeah, if you go into Snoop Dogg's green room, yeah, you might get fired from a job that you're not allowed to smoke weed. Fun fact, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for a year and a half, and they had aggressive drug testing, which is crazy because they sell alcohol. <laughs> they sell alcohol in states where, where, where weed is legal. These employees who worked in those states, I hope it's changed now, but they worked in those states. They weren't allowed to use this legal substance because of a company policy. One thing I also find kind of crazy about like aggressive drug policies is that they don't kind of work because sometimes they just force people to take harder drugs that get out of your system faster. Like I knew some people in the Navy who would take like a three-day weekend and just do cocaine because cocaine is apparently out of your system on the fourth day. Oh, I was imagining like trying to cancel out weed with PCP and heroin and be like, you can't catch me if I've got all the drugs in my system. <laughs> the drug test will be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. This test can't be right. It says you have all the drugs in there. No, but just imagine like getting fired from your job and trying to explain like, no, listen, I was in a room with Snoop Dogg. Uh-huh. That's what they all say. Yeah, it was me mm. and Ziggy Marley hanging out with Snoop Dogg. For a charity event, for a hospital, a mentorship, and I forgot what the third one. I don't remember the third one. So, there are a number of things that sound true to me. I know that musicians will do, like, one-off gigs. Like, I remember one time I saw this list of all of these artists that would be like, we'll perform at your bar mitzvah for $250,000, or this and this and that. And This is a real list. I have that list. Uh, so I believe you. <laughs> it makes sense working in the field you do that you would have that list. And uh, I hope that you will have a really good artist play my bar mitzvah. It's going to be Snoop. You're going to become a man now. It took a long time, but you're finally going to become a man. I'm a slow learner. You're going to be like, wow, his beard is really full for a 13-year-old. So that sounds true to me. Yeah. The list of musical acts making crazy money to show up and sing two songs and then bounce. That makes sense. New Hotel in Brooklyn makes sense. All of the people being white and never having heard of uh, Snoop Dogg or only having heard of Snoop Dogg makes total sense. But then pretending like they were really excited and, and probably pretending that they knew the songs, like getting really like excited and clapping at the beginning of every song as though they knew what the song was, but they had never heard it. Yeah, the only one that they had heard was like from the soundtrack of Pitch Perfect when Anna Kendrick sang it. And then they kept like yelling like, sing Gangsta's Paradise or, you know, I don't know, uh, California Love or any number of songs that had nothing to do with Snoop Dogg. That all checks out to me. What is suspicious to you? Part that's suspicious to me is that nobody touches the booze. Like, no. nobody in the posse. Well, if you're getting... Maybe the booze is there in case you can't get high. I don't know. It, that that just seems ludicrous to me. And if everywhere you go, there's a sealed bottle of Don Julio, like, there's nothing special about having it. But, like, why have it on your rider, you know? Because maybe you want it. 
Also, I've heard stories that sometimes people will put weird things in their writers. Like, I mean, what's that legendary thing about like all green M&Ms or something in a bowl? I believe it's Rolling Stone and they have in their rider all blue M&Ms and you can't have any other colors. And the reason they put that in there is if you showed up in the green room and you saw a bowl of blue M&Ms, you knew that the rider had been read and taken care of. If you showed up and saw a bowl of regular M&Ms, you knew that there were going to be problems. So the manager could immediately assess if there was going to be an issue. And that's why riders have those quirky things. It's so they can know immediately if the rider has been completely fulfilled or not. But then you just know all you have to do is take care of the one quirky thing. But in the 70s, it it, it made sense. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Nowadays, people know. <laughs> Go into the green room. It's a cardboard box. There's some feral cats in there. But they're like, oh, there's blue M&Ms. They must have read the rider. Yeah, I guess we're solid. I, I'm pretty sure that the Stones did request feral cats in their green room. So, Edward. I think I've heard enough to make my adjudication. Yeah, 100% true. I believe everything. I'm curious as to how many mafiosos might have been in the uh, Brooklyn. How many mafiosos in Brooklyn? What is the, the topic what, for next week? That should be that should be a census questionnaire for people <laughs> doing the uh, American Community Survey. Just yeah, for sure. Although I think they're mostly in Staten Island these days. Yeah, they got gentrified out of Brooklyn. I am also inclined to believe this story, even though I called at the very beginning of the episode that this was going to be a lie. And uh, you know what? Because of that, I am going to go with my gut, having not heard the story, and say this story is a lie. So what's great about this is now one of us will win. Yeah. And what do we win? We win a cardboard box filled with feral cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. And blue M&Ms. <laughs> and, and blue M&Ms. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's only blew out M&M's out of Cats and M&M's out of one package of M&M's. <laughs> that is another title for the show that we did not consider Feral Cats and M&M's. <laughs> I I'm fairly certain has not been taken. So, now we cue the drum roll. It is true. Ding 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 ding. Edward McAnulty, you are the winner of Go On. <laughs> and now I have a box full of feral cats <laughs> to be donated by our local animal shelter. Don't forget to have your feral cats spayed and neutered. Thanks, Bob. What a strange thing to have is be like your life's charity. I will say though that Bob Barker. Putting his name on that boat that hunts whale hunters is so badass. Like, oh no, the Bob Barker's on our bow. Put the whales back in the ocean. <laughs> He's going to get us for bidding only $1 above. <laughs> we should have never done it. The dread ship Bob Barker. Anyway, now I just want to podcast about the Bob Barker whale hunter hunting ship. Featuring Flo Rida's Full Rider and a box of feral cats with M&M's. So, Greg, what do you have to add to this true story? I wish I could say it wasn't true, and I wish I could say I know where that money ended up. I'm going to do my back end. Maybe I'll, I'll pop back in one day for a, a, a recap and find out the name of that person. We're going to do, like, a serial podcast about this person. Like, where are they now? If he got indicted, I have to assume that there's there's something to it. 
to the panda conversation earlier, this is not the only show that I felt we have laundered money. We did an event to bring the pandas to New York City. Like we were going to smuggle them in from China? What if the pandas don't want to come to New York? Yeah, they wanted to put pandas in Central Park. Like, like in the sheep's meadow? They wanted to legally bring them here from China. They had contacts with the Chinese embassy, and it was the politicians of New York State that had this plan. They did an event to raise $26 million. They raised less than $1 million, and I've never heard about it again. Where did that money go? What did these politicians do with it? I'll tell you where it went. Right in the pockets of Big Panda. Ridiculous. Honest. I mean, we we did get a Panda Express shortly after that in New York City, so maybe that's same, where same. the money went to. Same, same. Which is where you eat Panda. My PSA for the day, always check that the charity that you're giving money to actually donates that money back to the people and doesn't hoard it for themselves or then suddenly disappear into the ether or says they're going to use it for something and uses it for something else. Uh, we know... Except for the Edward Mack and LT501C3. Yes. That one, totally legit. What was it like working for or with like Snoop Dogg for a night? Frustrating. They showed up an hour late, pretty drunk and pretty high, possibly why they didn't drink the alcohol, and walked in as though it was no big deal. They were an hour late for their show, and there was no one to do any pre-show so we had to just be playing music saying snoop's on his way soon it was very frustrating that someone you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars can't be on time probably just didn't want to meet the bride <laughs> like, Ugh. gregory thank you so much for sharing your completely true story of of money laundering i do hope we can figure out who that person was one day so we can find out what jail they're in selino and barnes but Barnes is dead, right? He, like, crashed a plane. Too soon, brah. Wait, when did this happen? Like, uh, like, like six months ago. Oh. There is the Barnes firm, but it's, like, Barnes's brother. The Salino and Barnes thing, that is... I feel like there's a Lifetime movie in that. Because Salino and Barnes were, like... They hated each other, and they were, like, breaking the company up, but they were still on all those ads together. They still had that business. And they finally had agreed to break the company apart. And then Barnes died in a plane crash? When mm. two lawyers give up on each other and come back. And you thought my story was true. Yeah, but I will say I really do miss the Selino and Barnes song. Selino and Barnes, injury attorneys, 800-888-888. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Go On a show that ostensibly is about storytelling, but apparently is just about us talking to each other. And rambling. Rambles. Yeah, it's a, we banter and we go on tangents, and that's, you're going to either deal with it or never listen to this again. We'll have the theme song be uh, Led Zeppelin's uh, Ramble Off. Just kidding, because yeah. obviously defeats for that would be ginormous obviously it's the benny hill theme song is our theme song all right well gregory thank you so much for joining us as our guest uh we'll escort the guest out of the studio now uh, i am i am jeffrey murphy and i am edward mcanulty and our producer uh is gregory ryan jr 
Greg, were you listening to that uh, interview with the guest earlier? Uh, I was. I found them quite boring. Well, that makes three of us. Anything else we need to pop in here? Uh, if you want to talk anything on charities or nonprofits, you could. I will say, if you want to donate to a charity, my personal favorite is the Actors Fund. The Actors Fund is a great fund. It provides wonderful services to artists of all kinds in New York, uh, healthcare. They provide assistance with housing. They have a really great nursing home in New Jersey for retired artists. They provide burial services for people who can't afford it. They do a lot of good stuff. Actors Fund, check it out. Give your money. I had the honor of working on their virtual event this year. They weren't money laundering. They were not money laundering. As you just stated, their money goes to a lot of good places. And that's sure how you is. know that that charity is actually working for people and not for themselves. Thanks for joining us. And I hope you'll join us next time on Go On. Go On. I'd like to thank our house band, my radiator. <laughs>